ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. I am Cassie Holland, and honored as always to be with my guest, Stacey Johnston. Stacey, how are you today? Oh, hi, Cassie. I am absolutely fabulous. I am loving the Christmas in the air and a little bit of winter, and I could probably do without the wind, but the rest is good. And I'm stoked. I'm always excited to have these conversations. It just really intrigues me on how one word can mean so many different things and come from so many different angles for so many different people. And it really enlarges my knowledge and my awareness. And I think that's a real gift. How about you? What do you love about this? I love the difference of opinion. Right? One word can mean so many things to so many people, but the way everybody else interprets the different meanings opens so many more doors for so many more things. Right, it's like a ripple effect. Mm. I think it's so cool. Like it. So today we have a guest joining us from Oklahoma City. He is a friend of mine, and I am honored to have him with us today. And if you're ready, I would like to bring him in. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome Adam Rhodes. Adam, how are you today? Good morning. I am happy to be here. How are y'all doing? A little cold, but I'm good. A little cold. A little cold. I was just <laughs> listening to uh, to your to your intro, and I know I'm in great company because I think, Kathy, one of the first, first things you and I bonded over is that words matter. Words and the context they're used in make a huge difference. So uh, I was really happy when you asked me to do the podcast because it's something that I'm passionate about as well. That conversation that we had, immediately I was like, oh, we need him on our show. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like such a minority. Um, you know, a lot of times people just load words up in a shotgun shell and shoot it, and they don't really care what they hit. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'll take offense, and, and people won't understand why. I'm like, because these are the words you used in the order you used them. And this is what it means. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Um, I do feel like a minority sometimes. Well, then that leading into the word we're discussing today, I think, is a perfect fit because today we're going to talk about discernment. Discernment? Yes. Okay. We need you know, your it's funny, I had a dream that's the word we were choosing. <laughs> really? Oh, <my> God. <laughs> I really did. I really did. <laughs> I uh, I sort of ruminated on it all last night, discernment. I sure did. Well, see, it was meant to be. So when you hear it, it. where does your mind go? You know, not to be a snob about it, but my mind goes to um, the, the, the use of the word or, or, or verbing the word to someone who really knows kind of what the hell they're talking about or at least doing a good job pretending so. Um, deciding or, or sort of proclaiming uh, which direction to go and why. Um, I know I'm sort of defining the word, but in the context that I, I hear it used in and I use it in myself, I don't use it on something that I'm sort of like um, unfamiliar with. I typically use it when I'm, I'm very familiar with the subject matter, um, and how I want to persuade the person I'm, I'm speaking with. Um, and, of course, they, they, they exercise it themselves when they discern which way, which direction to go. But 
um, yeah, I, I kind of um, assume it's applied when someone knows really what the hell they're talking about. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Stacey, where does that take you? I think discernment for me is, and I don't want to use the word judgment because judgment has taken on this whole new meaning recently, right? But I think discernment for me is personal judgment. It is my decision on how I perceive a situation, who I choose to show up in in that situation, um, how I feel about it, where, where, where I stand on it, how, and discernment is also for me being able to see the perspective of someone else, right? Someone else's perspective or their discernment and decision in the situation, even though it's different than mine, it doesn't make them wrong, right? It just makes us yeah. see it differently. So discernment for yeah, me I, is really about personal judgment. Yeah, I think, I think that's, a great, um, that's a great perspective because sort of in the way society has, has morphed the meaning of our words, judgment or judge is, is a more harsher, more rigid um, word. But if you take discern and you, you, you bump it up as a synonym more with, uh, you know, decision or determ- you know, to make a determination, it gets a little softer um, and, and probably a little easier to use, you know, in, in everyday conversations. Uh, but, but, of course, with any word, right, it's about context, how, in, in what manner we're using the word. True. If I'm going to verb that word discernment, for me, it's an act of recognition, right? I'm, I, I'm going to discern out for myself where I stand in that situation. So if I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using that as a verb that is my, that's me finding my spot in it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Discerning yeah, where I stand. I think for me, it's more about perception, right? Because just like we talked about in the beginning, words have so many definitions to so many different people, so do situations, right? So does body language and verbiage and tone of voice. And so I think that um, me being able to perceive a situation without judgment, right, without, you know, premeditated judgment on the situation, if I can just perceive the situation, perceive the things that are going on, then I have the ability to discern my action or my my abilities in the said situation. I like that. That's how. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's something that um, you you look at other words that branch off from the word discern and, you know, it's it's all about um, one way or another, you know, debating two different opinions or, 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 you know, more than two different. Um, it, It surely is about decision. And, you know, in my background and career, I've been in enough um, corporate meetings and boardrooms, you know, to where uh, I've heard the word, you know, discern um, quite a bit used in, um, you know, in a way how to create direction for a company where, you know, we're at a, we're at a fork in the road. Do we go left? Do we go right? Let's look at the data to discern 
you know, what we do here. And so a lot of times in the context that even I use it, my brain just sort of defaults back to that environment. And I think of it more again, in, in, in like I said, in my, in my initial um, uh, opinion of the word of more of a subject matter knowledge, educated guess, um, you know, almost an objective sort of um, word and how it's used. So um, to talk about it in, or to think about the word in the context of just life decisions that, that in a lot of ways are much more subjective or even how, you know, you choose to feel about something, which is very subjective. It's, it, it, it puts a whole different spin on it for me. So how, how do you verb discernment? How do you put that into action? into visible physical action. Yeah. It's a good, how do I put it into action? Well, probably, you know, multiple ways, whether it's just an internal, an internalized decision, um, of what to do or how to perceive a situation. And then I think, I think there's a persuasiveness to it as well um, in, in how you interact with others or how you might have to persuade others to um, come to the same you know, discernment that, that, that you have uh, as well. Um, I think probably without knowing it, we do it probably hundreds of times a day, verbing that mm-hmm. word. You know, from what we order at the McDonald's drive-through to you know what we're going to wear today to work. Um, also, you know how we perceive politics on television. Um, God, hundreds of times. I agree. I think it's something that we practice without even recognizing that we're doing it because we we make personal judgments. And again, I'm going to go back to that word because it's it's. It's the best word to own that for me at the moment, but we make personal judgments a thousand times a day from what are you going to wear to how are you going to react, respond to that comment, how are you going to treat the lady at the convenience store. There are so many places in our everyday life that we utilize discernment without even recognizing that's what it is. I think the challenge for me would be to step back and go, where is that discernment coming from? Is it a, is it a faith question? Is it a a moral ethical question for me? Is it, a, is it a right or wrong? Is it who am I talking to? Is it the energy in the situation? And so I think when you get there, and the discernment still for me is a very personal thing because you, you have to discern everything from how, you, like I said, just how, you're, how are you going to respond to the lady at the dollar store because you have a choice to make, right? You have, you have a decision to make. If you encounter human beings, you have a decision or discernment at every moment on who you're showing up at. And so to me, to model it begins to be how do I choose and who do I show up as and what do I leave behind? Um, so I just, I just was making some notes to myself here, Stacey. I think you bring up an excellent point. I never thought about this. Is the, um, when, we, when we think of verbing the word, um, the subconscious versus, versus conscious verbing of the word, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, how you choose to treat the woman at a convenience store, you're right. 
Um, if if you're if you're in a grumpy mood, right? But your but your um, your values about yourself tell you better. You have to really consciously make the decision to be nice to that woman because you are in a grumpy mood right now. Maybe you haven't had your coffee yet, but you know better, so you have to work at it. Uh, versus someone who has maybe a little lower emotional intelligence may their subconscious may you know push them to discern. Uh, a different direction and just go with how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think there's there's uh, amongst the the many many ways we use uh, verb that word you know throughout the day. There's there's also the conscious and the subconscious uh, discernments of of how we interpret the world around us mm. and react. Yep. How about you, Kath? That takes me back. <clears throat> to my college professor talking about the authentic discernment process, right? There's, there's seven different steps. And I think really in this conversation, we have gone over all seven of them, which is super cool because it's hard to touch on in a classroom setting. I was sitting here thinking this would have been way easier in college if we would have done it like this. But, you know, a lot of the steps are like openness and generosity and courage. You have to be open to the situation with an open mind and generous to who you're bringing into that situation because they're choosing to be there with you, right? They're using their discernment in your favor, mm-hmm. right? So it's an all-encompassing process, and I think I think we hit them all. That's pretty awesome. Well, I like it. You could have made an A. <laughs> right. There was your A in the class all along. One of the things right that I think that this conversation brought up with me is confusing ends with means, right? Like looking at a situation and immediately deciding what the outcome could be or should be or will be. Mm without taking into consideration how that's going to happen, right? The steps you have to take to get there, the process, the what are you, what are you giving up, what are you gaining, what is, you know, the pros and cons of this situation. A lot of times that discernment is overlooked in immediate thought of a situation. So I think the whole, I think that a lot of times that gets confused and people get disappointed because they didn't interpret how they were going to get that done. They just decided what the outcome was going to be. Very true. Very true. And so um, can discernment sometimes lead to to negative outcomes or outcomes that we didn't uh, predict or anticipate? That's that's more of that autopilot discernment. um, I think, you know, a practice that I have – personally and then um you know cassie cassie knows well the the person i'm married to and so it's something i practice with him as well is if you're trying to change a behavior you have to first give it a name right and once you give it a name it means um you it, it has it has recognition you can talk about it almost in a third person context uh you can look at yourself in retrospect and use that name and try to coach yourself or coach others and so um, 
I think I think probably discernment is probably a, a word that I've largely overlooked in that um, sort of mindset that I try to use myself and coach to other people's is, um, you know, maybe you just made a a not so great uh, discernment at some juncture in the road. You need to understand where that is, what it is, and and call it by its name so you can begin to correct it. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I agree with that completely. You can sit with it. Right. So let me ask you this. How often do we use discernment in hindsight? Right. Instead of using it in the moment, we get through the situation. It didn't turn out like we wanted. The outcome wasn't what we used. So we go back and plug in discernment as an afterthought to kind of, break down that situation and use it as a learning experience. Do you think discernment can be used in that context as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, d- d- I mean, with, without a doubt, I think, I mean, that's the word to use. And, and I think probably if you had to, um, you know, create a trail, the next logical word after discernment might be regret, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, but, but, <laughs> Yeah, if if um, you use it in a retrospective context, you know, discernment is probably um, a root cause of a lot of questions, uh, you know, once you ask all the right questions. So, you know, we're I guess we're kind of exploring now sort of the darker sides of of a verb in that word, but, um, you know, truly, truly relevant and holds a lot of value to look at it that way, too. How about you, Cassie? What do you think about discernment as an afterthought? You choose what you take from that situation, right? You choose what you take with it, what you carry with you, what you hang on to emotionally, spiritually, physically. So discernment is, like Adam said, that is the word because after the fact, you know, it's already happened. The damage is already done. So you get to choose how you move forward from that experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, you take you it one more place. Your... Go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say, and, and, and from there, you get to make another discernment on how to possibly try to course correct. True. Or recognizing okay. in your discernment that sometimes you knowing has to be enough. Mm-hmm. Right. No one just had a conversation about normalizing Plan B and the fact that sometimes failing mm. forward is the way to go. I need that on a freaking coffee mug. Normalize <laughs> Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> I, you better trademark that shit real quick because I'm gonna run with it. <laughs> uh, I'll make you. <laughs> yeah but yeah seriously you know what I mean people are like this is what I'm going to do this is what I'm out for and then they don't accomplish it not because they didn't try not for lack of you know dedication or whatever it is that's just not what the universe had worked out for them right now right and timing is timing Mm -hmm. and timing so being okay with okay that didn't work out but check this out instead is you know, that would change people's perspective on whether or not they felt like a failure in the situation, I think. I love that. 
I love that. Stacey, I think I, I cut you off earlier when you said you're going to take us some other place. It's okay. It, 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 where it was supposed to go, I love it. That's what I love about these conversations is they open up to exactly where they're supposed to go. So I'm, I'm good. I love, the, I love the normalizing plan B. It's so important. I got a book years ago from a friend of mine that said God always has plan B. Right? So you should be careful with it. You, know, you should always have plan B too. Um, and he'll open that door. Right? Sometimes the, the path you're on is so you can learn what you need to learn to go down the road you're in fact supposed to learn on. And uh, again, I think that, that comes with discernment. Right? You, you know what you know when you have lived what you've lived and you've experienced what you've experienced up to this very moment for a reason. Because coincidence happens on purpose. And so even if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing or feeling what you're feeling or the outcome is the way it is, in time you'll know. Mm-hmm. And being able to pull back and use that discernment to go, okay, so now I get it. If this wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And this wouldn't have happened. Because as much as we try to complicate it, to play all the tunes underneath, there's just this one solid rhythm that's the plan. We can dance all over it all we want to, but the plan is still going to be what comes through in the end. And so being able to discern, I think, your plan from the plan is a huge challenge for us as humans. And also realizing that Sometimes what you're going through <clears throat> doesn't have anything to do with you. Amen. Right? It's not about you. But I always tell yeah. people, your struggle will be someone's survival guide. Yeah. So you got to grow through what you go through because it's for you and somebody else. Yeah. Right. And again, to take that situation and look at it and have that discernment, is this happening to you or is this happening for you? Yeah, so there's a something that that I've tried to do a lot more recently. It's actually extremely helpful as a as a introverted empath. Uh, that means a lot of things uh, for me, but it also means I'm an emotional sponge. I just absorb everything that's going on around me. It's why I struggle in crowded rooms and 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 everything. But one of my bigger challenges that I've been trying to focus on is whenever there's an upsetting situation that wasn't even a little bit my fault, right? How do I discern or how do I keep myself as well from absorbing that energy and sometimes feeling guilt for something I had nothing to do with? And mm-hmm. one of my coping mechanisms for that, um, it's something I've, you know, I've given a name to it for years, but, you know, have always procrastinated about what to do with it because it's against my complete nature. But, one of the coping mechanisms I've began to use is instead of absorbing that energy or feeling guilt, observe the situation and think, what can I learn from this situation? Um, probably not my fault, whatever's going on. Probably not my issue, actually, either. Probably not my consequence to deal with. But what can I learn from that? And it has helped tremendously to consciously flip that switch from absorbing the energy to observing and learning. And um, it's, 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 it's brought my anxiety levels way down. Uh, but it was, it was a conscious choice. It was a, it was a judgment of, of myself and the situation. And um, I verbed the word there and, and, and have been doing well with it. I'm not perfect yet, of course, but um, I'm not really sure how I got down that rabbit hole. Cassie, I think there's something you said that kind of triggered that in me. I wanted to share it, but um, beautiful. You know, it, it is. It's it is lot. about the path we're on, the plan we have, and the and the plan that's playing out are 
are two different things, and very rarely do they coincide. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, on that, it is a lot less exhausting when you stop absorbing. <laughs> it is. You're absolutely right. Um, it really is. So I'm proud of you. Thanks, Cass. <laughs> You'll sleep better. <laughs> I will. I'm already sleeping better now that I heard that. <laughs> this has been fun. Cool. Okay. So on discernment. What do you think the most important lesson is to give somebody who's trying to learn discernment? Right? How do you show somebody? How do you tell somebody? How do you teach them that? Can you teach them that? Or do you think it's a, it is an inherent trait? Well, uh, I don't want to speak over anybody. Was that, was that anybody? Or, um, yeah, go for it. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting concept because, you know, I, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think it takes a certain level of emotional intelligence to, to, to understand it or to even explain it to someone, right? Um, and, and, of course, that's, that's a muscle that has to be exercised too, emotional intelligence. But that's something we all have a different level of, but depending on how you focus on it, depends on where you're at. So I think discernment is, is very much the same thing. And I think, I think if, I, if I spotted someone that I was close enough to, to care enough about to invest time in them, um, I think probably to introduce them to it, I would ask them, how did you arrive at that, that decision? You made a decision. I see you did it, and we're not going to debate about if it was a good decision or uh, you could have made a better one. But let's talk about how you arrived at it, and you know, and maybe just sort of go from there. Maybe they have no idea of, of that they made a decision, or maybe they know they made a decision, but they never thought about how they got there um, or their interpretation of a situation. Um, don't challenge the thought process. Thought process so much, but but ask probing questions about how they got there, um, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier: is is if if you ever want to change anything about yourself, you have to first recognize it and give it a name. And so I think that would be a good first step towards that. Stacey, what about you? I probably go back to my experience in the adolescent and adult behavioral health field as a family services specialist. When I talk about how you, how you teach discernment, because when you, when you work with an individual that has spent their life within the system, okay, sometimes discernment is a skill that's never been taught if that makes any sense. They've never been modeled that choice, and so they have this preconceived notion of the truth. And so the first question when we get into those conversations, okay, let's examine what you see as the truth. Is that your truth or is that the truth? Because I think sometimes for some people you have to break down what they've been led to believe, what they've been taught to believe, what's been pounded into their echo chamber all along. 
And so they've never really had an opportunity to even experience or make that decision or recognize that they have the ability to have their own discernment in a situation. And so I think you really, like Adam said, I think you have to be willing to go back and ask the underlying questions. Like, let's talk about whether or not that's the universal truth or your truth as you see it right now. And how do you, and it's about changing the lens with which someone sees the world. Right? And not, it's never my job to get someone to see the world through my lens. It's not even a reality. But it's to get them to appreciate what they see through their own and recognizing that they have control, that they have power, they have ability to discern and make decisions and make that story. They get to write the story. And sometimes people have been told for so long and ingrained for so long that they're just a character in the story. They don't have their own story. This is just the story. And so I think, I think the best way is to help them recognize that they have their very own story to write and they are entitled to their own judgment and their own discernment in a situation before they even understand that they can have their own truth. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, and and I I am fortunate enough to not have any life uh, experiences um, that I really reflect on and think, you know, man, that was really rough. I really had to cope through that. I really had to coast through that. I had to block that out. I, I had a great childhood. I have phenomenal parents. I have a great family, extended family. Um, but I've but I've come in contact with many others who have faced adversity and circumstances that maybe they were born into and they have struggled. And you're you're right, Stacey. Discernment is many times a luxury. It it really is because and I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm creating a word here. I, I just wrote it down here. But in, in situations like like what you were describing, there's probably a level of auto discernment, um, and it's about survival, right? It's it's they didn't have time to think about. Um, the other options or the other perceptions because the path of survival was the only focus. And, you know, and hopefully they're at a point in their life where they can, they can use it as we talked about earlier in more of a retrospective uh, context. Hopefully they're, they're in a place in their life where they, you know, things are calm enough and collected enough where they can do that and begin to maybe change some of those deep rooted <clears throat> pillared behaviors. Um, but but I think you're absolutely right. There's there's many times where burbing that word is a luxury. It's not um it's not a right. Amen. Well, I think this has been an absolutely beautiful conversation and I am sorry that we have to start to close it down, but we're staying true to our timeline and our listeners. <laughs> so <laughs> I can keep going all day about this stuff. All good things will come to an end, right? Yeah, they sure will. Um, as always, I would like for our listeners to remember that we are brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If you want to chat with us, if you have a story that you would like to share, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Uh, Stacy, how would you like to leave our audience today? I think that I'm going to lay out a challenge of my own this time. And I'm going to challenge our listening audience to take this word discernment and examine what it means to you. Where do you feel like you utilize good discernment? Where do you feel like you struggle? Does there 
are you rash to go prejudgment before you've actually had a chance to discern the situation? And how do you discern who you are? I think that's our greatest challenge. Who is Kathy? Who is Adam? Who is Stacy? And can you be that in spite of what the world would have you be? And so I think that I'm going to just challenge you to look at this word in your life, figure out how it fits into it, and how do you show and model discernment? I love this. That's a beautiful challenge. Adam, we would be honored if you would close out our show. How would you like to leave our guest today? Uh, you know, if, if, um, if everyone's in the same place I am uh, right now, I haven't gone through the last half hour and, and really, you know, dissecting this word, it's, it's in a, a place where, you know, you're, you see the world a little bit differently, right? Um, uh, I had my perception of discernment. Uh, the both of you lovely ladies provided some other perceptions to give me something to think about. Uh, so I challenge everyone to do the same yet, reflect on it, understand um, what impact it has in your daily lives, and more importantly, uh, especially if you're using it in a retrospective way, uh, forgive yourself if you feel like you didn't make the right judgment call um, in, a, in a path previously. So um, you can't hold yourself too accountable. You can only learn from those mistakes. 